Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition, Twin Sisters Edition with Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. Here we are, and it's still January. <laughs> we are sliding in right at the end of the month. Yeah. And our first episode of the new year, 2023. Oh, we I swear we did the beginning of January. We did not. No, we did not. We did Christmas with our sister. Yeah, that's right. We did Christmas with our sister. And then there was a recap. And then um, Kurtz had a variety of hosts, lots of different voices Mm -hmm. these uh, these days on Twim. Very fun. So it just feels like we did January because I can't believe we're still in January. But that's how January goes. (laughs) January, (laughs) seriously, is the month that never ends. You keep looking at the calendar and going... It's still January. It's honestly my least favorite month of the year. I do. I think holidays, it's everyone. I know. The holidays are over. It's dreary. It's cold. I'm convinced I'm never going to be warm again. I don't know anybody that likes January except for my 13-year-old who has a January birthday. She loves oh. January. <laughs> she probably thinks January is divine. What were you thinking having a baby in January? I don't know. No, let's talk about that. Yeah. I don't know. That was rough. It's right in the middle of RSV season. It was rough. <laughs> so, okay. Well, last time we talked, I was waiting to get my new primary assignment. Yes. Because I had some memes last year. In fact, you haven't even told me what your new primary oh, assignment have is. Have I not even told you this yet? Here's the deal. For January being a really slow month, you and I have like no, not talked we at really all. haven't. <laughs> Sad. So, so I was in some memes and I had my own son yes. as a sun meme. And I was, I adored being in some memes. It was a combined sun meme uh-huh. CTR4. We have tons of combined classes in our primary because yeah. it's shrinking. Um, and so my new assignment I got... Okay is CTR5 slash CTR6. Oh, so the class just older than your son. Yes. Okay. But they moved up. I had one of my CTR4s okay. from last year who was a girl, but she's the same age as, you know, the fall birthday. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. So there was one other girl who is mm-hmm. a CTR4 this year, and they bumped her up so that the two girls mm-hmm. could stay together. Okay. But my son and one other boy that's a CTR4 had to stay back with the sunbeams. Oh, <laughs> So we explained this to him. There were tears. <laughs> really? There were tears like he a couple went, days like, because before. he wanted to be with his mom. Yeah. Cause okay. he was like, like he's just used to me being his teacher. But then when the Sunday came, he did fine. He tried to follow me to class when like singing yeah. time was over. Yeah. And I said, Oh no, you got to go sit back with your class. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like he did fine. Yeah. He adjusted. Yeah. And then um, like two weeks later, <laughs> the Sunbeam teachers were like, he's too advanced. These like they're like he's not hanging with these little sun memes. It's too hard to teach a li-, which I think is a yeah. very typical yeah. problem yeah. with when you have a combined CTR four sun meme. The developmental differences are ginormous. Yeah. Anyway, they bumped him back up last week and he's back in my class. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's funny that they say he's advanced. I mean, not that he's not advanced. He's not advanced. Because he's a very smart little boy. But he's your fourth kid, and we have had this discussion. He's headed into kindergarten in the fall, and you're like, he doesn't know anything. I'm my like, my oldest was reading by I, now. I know. When they were like, he's on a different level. I wanted to, like, I... I didn't say, but I wanted to be like, I know he's on a different level socially, <laughs> but gospel knowledge wise, he is not. <laughs> you can start at the very beginning. <laughs> like, <laughs> and again, that is the difference between a first kid and a fourth kid. Yes. While they may be academically not as far ahead, socially, oh, they got it going on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he's back with me. So oh, that's now hilarious. I have little CTR. 
CTR fives and CTR six. And there is a huge difference there too. Oh yeah. The CTR six is like, they know all the answers. I'm like, oh dang, they know who John the well, Baptist is. And they're is. like in kindergarten, right? Oh yeah. Kindergartners and first graders. Oh yeah. And then my preschoolers. So oh, we, gosh. we got like three grades of kids in there. Which oh, you are spanning. <laughs> which is. We're spanning the globe. Which is actually, I think, really great. Because uh-huh. these older kids can answer questions. The little kids are like, oh. And the older kids don't seem to be bothered by the little kids. Oh no, they've been great. Just okay. the cutest little boys. The the older ones are a bunch of little boys, and uh-huh. they're darling. So. Okay, well, I'm, glad I'm to very, that. I'm very happy with my new assignment. But speaking of that, really quick, I mean, I should save this for the stories, but yes. I'll, I'll mention it now because I'm okay. talking about my calling, and okay. I, I tried it out. Um, the church released an update this week to LDS tools. Okay. Member tools. Okay. We, now, did it automatically update or did you have to go um, in and do a manual update? Well, mine on my phone automatically updates okay. as long as I'm on the Wi-Fi. My member tools is quirky. Sometimes yeah. it updates and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it's really it is. Bizarre. It is hit and miss. Sometimes I have to just delete the whole thing and reinstall it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Don't get us started. That's Don't get dis- me started on member tools. That's a discussion for another day. And technology within the church. It's an issue. Hey, I'm still not getting ma- emails on my Yahoo account. You know they what? I haven't sorted that mess out. You know what I'm getting emails for? I am getting emails for every single stake young men's event on the calendar, on the state calendar. I'm like, there is a glitch in the system. I have gone in. I have checked my settings. I have deleted any unnecessary like subscriptions, which there weren't. And you're, but apparently it's not me. I was talking to my friends. They're all getting them. And oh, how hilarious! None of us have a young man. You a mean young man. Your perfect Zion steak <laughs> has messed up your emails. <laughs> Somebody got a hold of the email <laughs> server hey. and has like not figured it out. Anyway, LDS Tools update. They now have updated. If you are a teacher, this used to be available okay. like to presidencies. Mm-hmm. Like if you were a secretary in Relay Society, through LDS Tools, you could go in and blast out a text or blast out an email. But now this is available to but all teachers. Not to anybody who has a Yahoo account. Because oh, this church right. still hasn't sorted that mess <laughs> out. Apparently not Yahoo. I may have to be forced but why do you still have a Yahoo account? Because I love my Yahoo account. Don't you use Gmail? Oh, you don't use Gmail. I have two Yahoo accounts. Oh, man. I have one with my old name and one with my new name. See, my Yahoo account is my junk mail now. Huh. Well, and I may just have to bite the bullet and get a Gmail account that's just for church. But yeah. then I'm like, would I ever check it? Because I, I then you forward it to your Yahoo. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a really good idea. Okay, that's how I need to get around this because I thought for sure the church would sort out this Yahoo thing. I think that they have just decided, no, nah, it's not worth our time and resources. You old school people who have Yahoo and AOL accounts, get with the times and get a Gmail. Get out of here. So, yeah, yeah that's like... It that's, could be true. There might only be like 10 of you. <laughs> well, no, there's like 10 of us in our ward because we were concerned that our Relief Society newsletter was not getting to all of our systems. And so we, which it wasn't because it wasn't getting to anybody who had a Yahoo or an AOL account. So we went through all of our emails in our ward and our secretary, who is a saint, I might say, has a list of about 10 sisters that either have Yahoo or email accounts. And so she does a separate email with the ward newsletter to all of those sisters. That is very nice of her. Like I said, she's a candidate for saint. So. (laughs) So anyway, if you are a teacher... In the church now, if you teach primary, Sunday school, young women's, any class, when you go into your LDS tools and look at your organization and your calling, 
There is now an icon in the upper right-hand corner. You can blast an email, blast a text. Like if you're in Young Men's or Young Women's. I've never tried the text feature. Um, I haven't either, but I have, you know, five and six-year-olds. So (laughs) yeah, they wouldn't have text. I suppose I could text their parents because right now it's tied to their parents' accounts. Anyway, and then you can also see your whole class list and like their address, information, uh, parents' information. So it's all right there. Hmm. You don't have to go and individually look up members of your class to find out, oh, where where do they live? I've got to drop something off or I need to mail them a note. It's all right there. Okay. Makes it easier. I appreciate any updates they do that make things easier and more accessible. So Okay. All right. What's your latest? Well... Going to go on a little rant here. Oh boy, we get a little, Tiffany rant tonight. Little, little pet peeve. <laughs> so the way that they do scheduling in our building, we're in a stake center. Mm-hmm. We share it with two other wards. So there's three wards in the stake center. So the ward that has that meets last, mm-hmm. they are in charge of, of course, you know, putting chairs up. Yes. We were the middle ward where we didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. The opening ward has to do snow removal and has to put chairs up. The middle ward does nothing. The end of the day ward is responsible for um, putting the chairs up and making sure that the building is locked. Mm -hmm. And when I say making sure that the building is locked, that means like um, every night they have to have somebody go down there and check everything. And so the way that we have historically... For the whole year? For the whole year. Oh. So the way that we have historically done it in our ward is families get assigned a week where they're in charge of the building and you just go down there every night, make sure all the doors are locked, everything's secure, everybody's out of the building, etc. Okay. That's how they've done it in our ward. Well, last year, the ward that was in charge of this mm-hmm. had what I call the building Nazi. Oh. They assigned one individual to make sure that the building was secure. But the problem was... Every single night? Oh, he took, he magnified his calling. That is a lot to ask of one person. Trust but me, this guy has this no person, life. This person's into it. <laughs> because not only did he check at night, like we were down there for a Relief Society activity on a Saturday afternoon. We were doing yeah. a craft day and we were having a great time talking. We'd scheduled the building, I think from nine to 12. There was no one there after us. I have a building key. We're mm-hmm. going to clean up. We've never been accused of not cleaning up. It's noon and my sisters are still painting and having a good time. And he walks in, he's like, Philip, ladies, you have to be out of here. And he like started, what? I'm not kidding you. He started clearing all our stuff off our tables. <gasps> he started putting our chairs away. He started putting our tables away. And oh, and he also shows up and eats all your food. What? Yeah. He went over and helped himself to all our food before he proceeded to tell us we had to get out. Did you have words? So (laughs) you can't have words with him. I have tried. We had another activity that we were setting stuff up and we moved. We were setting up for a luncheon and we wanted all the round tables in the Relief Society room. So we moved the big table out of the Relief Society room so Uh we'd have space. We moved it into the gym. He he was there that night when we were setting up and he's like, why are you here? You should be leaving. This, This And we're like, we're setting up for this luncheon tomorrow and we moved the, the square table into the gym mm-hmm. we were going to move it back the next day he lost his ever fluffing mind that we <laughs> moved the square table into the gym <laughs> i am not kidding and he was like it has to be in the hallway you can't have it in the gym and i'm like well it's a fire hazard in the hallway anyway so oh finally like the the counselor the bishop counselor who was helping us moved it into the primary room to appease this man i, I mean you just can't he just doesn't he just doesn't get it and so i was like okay that word is going to be done at the end of the year 
I can, I can tolerate this for activities right. and then my ward will be in charge. Well, our ward is in charge, except he didn't get the memo and he's still showing up to activities, no. kicking people out, eating their food. No. <laughs> just like, someone needs to take his key. Seriously, someone needs to take his key. Someone needs to get him into family history. I think he needs family history as a hobby. Yes. Don't you, you think that's a great that idea? Energy. That energy could that energy could really be so far. well directed at family history. Yes. So yes, I, I thought I was going to be free of the building Nazi, but alas, I am not. May I, I, may I ask how old this gentleman is? Is that rude? Uh, he's probably retired. Okay. <laughs> and he clearly lives close enough to the church to be able to see when the lights are on and comes over. Oh, interesting. So I am, I am, I am, I am, I, to this point, I have exercised a certain degree of restraint. <laughs> Next activity I show up at, I'm not sure how well my restraint will be. He may get the lawyer tinny treatment. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> we need a report. Okay, I will return in reports. We will not have another activity until at the building until our birthday dinner in March. So. Okay, well. We expect so, full report. There you go on how that goes. So, just curious if anybody else has a building Nazi because we do. That is so funny. Like, yeah. Anyway. No, we rotate it between families. Yeah, but I don't think a ward has the whole year like you do. I think yeah. we do quarterly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Nope. We have the whole year, which okay. I'm fine with. That only happens every once every three years. So, yeah. anyway. Wow. All That's right. Intense. It is so. Did I ever intense. talk about the security camera they set up in our building? No. Okay. <laughs> well, we're on topic. Sorry, this is a tangent. During hey, COVID, Jeff and Jared went off on lots of tangents last <laughs> week, so I think it's only fair. Okay. During COVID, when everything was on lockdown, okay, like super lockdown, they had specifically said, "Do not come to the church play basketball." Well, right? yeah, that's they told okay. they told all of us, "Don't okay. come to the church for anything. The church is closed, even if you have a key." Off limits. It's high COVID season. We don't know when enter the this, building. This pandemic is new. We don't know anything about it. Don't enter the building. Well, I suspect there must have been some basketball Ooh, players. They're hardcore. <laughs> at least pandemic or not. At least that's who I blame it on. Because all of a sudden a little security, like old school, like little looks like it connects like maybe okay. to some Wi-Fi okay. camera shows up in the lobby. So it wasn't like the ring camera that's connected to no. your internet. Okay. No. Well, it, it must be connected somehow, but yeah. it didn't look like a ring, but it was definitely like a little bit old school kind of like we used to, we used to have one when they first came out that could okay. like connect Wi-Fi to yeah. your, your computer, yeah. send video. Anyway, it's smack dab in the lobby. And I was like, oh, we were cleaning the church or something. And when I first saw it and I was like, oh, they must be cracking down on like, but this is not. I was say the basketball players just go in from the back. This then. is not. Well, ours go in through the side because mm. the other locks on our building are sketchy. There's only one, oh, one There's door. only one good lock. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe they're trying to crack down on basketball players. Anyway, this camera lived there for like two years. Dang. And I was like, is the camera ever going away? I feel like I'm being watched. <laughs> This is very odd. It's very odd. <laughs> and I don't know if it's gone away yet. I need to go check next week when I'm in okay, church. you need to return it. Because we don't usually go in on that side of the okay. building. I think it must be gone because we cleaned the church 
like a month ago and I don't remember seeing it. So and, it was very obvious. And usually I noticed that, oh yeah, it was like smack dab. You walk in the lobby and on the side wall, there's a camera pointed straight Ooh. at the door. Hey, maybe those basketball players just got ingenious with your sketchy locks on the other side. That's what I do. I'd be like, okay, we're going to make the sketchy locks work. I don't know. But it was funny because I was like, this is clearly not like I had to ask some other people, uh-huh. hey, do you have cameras in your building sale? But I could tell by looking at it, this is not professional equipment. Mm. This is like a homemade, like, yeah, I'm putting up my camera situation to catch the basketball players. <laughs> But I was surprised how long it lived post-COVID. Okay, that is very interesting, which maybe proves that it wasn't actually hooked up. It was just for show. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe there were other reasons Mm. besides basketball players. That was just my theory. Anyway. All right. Well, we're 15 minutes into the show. We ought to cover some news. Yes, let's get into it. Okay. So first one we're going to talk about is we got a little update this week on the Salt Lake Temple and Temple Square renovation. They every few months like to give us an update. Yes. And we have been covering what's going on. Um, I always like the updates. Um, So, but the most, the coolest thing about this update, they, they gave a list of what, what happened in 2022 Mm -hmm. bullet points. Um, They gave a list of what's starting in 2023 um, so actually there are a couple things that are set to complete this year and um, the entire completion won't be done till what? 2026, 2024. I can't even remember. I don't now. even remember. It's it keeps so getting many pushed years. out because they keep adding stuff. They're yeah. like, Oh, let's redo this it's, as long as we've got things torn up. So many years long, but late fall of 2023, the church office building plaza should be complete Ooh. and the main street plaza should also be complete. I don't know what the main street plaza is. The main street plaza There's is the plaza that plazas. runs between Temple Square and the, and the, oh, with the big fountain. Yes. And okay. the um, Joseph Smith building. Okay. But I think they're closing the Joseph Smith building for remodeling. Oh, all right. Well, uh, maybe baby, I'm wrong about that. Baby steps, baby steps. Okay. But the coolest thing about this update that we just got is they posted a video on how the Salt Lake Temple is being equipped to handle earthquakes um, and this, how it can survive and like the engineering behind yeah. what they're doing. This video was so cool. It was fascinating. It was really interesting, like the technology that they use yeah. that will keep it like keep like reinforce the foundation yeah, and then keep it from shifting like because yeah, it's whole not just the foundation they've got cables running up and down yeah. and sideways and it was amazing to watch like that video i was like oh this is a this is quite the engineering feat I which i assumed it was i mean obviously if they're closing temple square for years and years yeah. this is a huge thing but i also really appreciated the video because just because of that fact yeah um because Temple Square is closed for so many years yeah. and we know, I mean, we nobody's given us an amount, but we're assuming this is costing millions and gazillions of dollars. Um, That's a fair assessment if you've seen the big hole they have <laughs> down there now. So just to like actually have a video explaining exactly what they're doing, yeah. I thought was really cool yeah. because it helps me visualize and make sense. Like, okay, this is why this is taking like half a decade. Yeah. 
So well, and um, the engineering on it when you watch the video is mind blowing. The mm-hmm. second thing I thought when I watched the video was I was like, well, if an earthquake hits Salt Lake, the one place I want to be is in the Salt Lake Temple. I know, and I'm pretty convinced that in an earthquake hits Salt Lake, the Salt Lake Temple will be the only thing standing. I know. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting the amount of work they're putting. I mean, it is an icon for our yeah. church. It is like the like if they're gonna put the money and investment into yeah. anything. And we do know that like prone, that's like yeah. high, high possibility of earthquake there. Well, and it reminded me when they had the earthquake right. a few years ago and Moroni lost his trumpet and everybody lost their mind. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I did too until I was watching the video. I was like, oh yeah, Moroni lost his trumpet. Oh And yes. we all lost our minds. <laughs> yes, yes. So... Anyway, it, watch the video is what we're saying. It sounds, it's very cool. I don't want there to be an earthquake, but honestly, after watching the video, I was like, oh, I hope I'm alive when that happens. I just want to see. I just want to see how it fares, but I don't want there to be an earthquake and mass destruction. So I reconsidered that thought. Okay. No, no, I don't want to see that. All right. Well, in other temple news, the church made an announcement this week about the Anchorage, Alaska temple. And It was a fascinating announcement. So there is a temple in Anchorage. It started out as a really small temple. It was one of Hinckley's little, little tiny mini temple Mm -hmm. for that experiment. And it started out, it was dedicated in 1999, I believe. Started out with, um, I believe, 6,800 square feet. Pretty soon they determined that was not adequate and it was, uh, and it was expanded, I believe just a few years later, and it was expanded to 12,000 feet. So now what they are doing is they're, and it's like a typical temple where the temple is built next to a meeting house. So what they're going to do is they're going to demolish the meeting house. They are going to build a brand new 30,000 square foot temple where the meeting house is. The smaller Anchorage temple of 12,000 feet will continue to operate while they build the 30,000 foot square temple. And then after they're done with that temple, they'll demolish the old temple. This is so fascinating. It has this so ever been done? I have never been aware of this being done. And of course, the church did not give any reason for this. Is this the only temple in Alaska? I'm pretty sure it probably is the only temple in Alaska. Could that be the reason that they're like, they just don't want them to have to go years and years without, cause they're so out of reach. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if, if Fairbanks has one or not. I, I'm just not up on my Alaska know, temples. We need, we need Jeff. He we knows, need Jeff. He knows he would, all the temples. He would, he would know that. <laughs> and Kurt would but, too. In any event, I mean, it's just crazy. And it, because they didn't give any reason for why they're doing this, mm-hmm. speculation has run rampant on ooh, the internet. Ooh. So I went down the rabbit hole of internet comments because oh, I love tell. that. Do tell. So there were, you know, probably the most prevalent one that I saw on the internet was that um, uh, President Nelson is trying to undo the Hinckley era. That he started out by getting rid of the word Mormon, which President Hinckley uh, said a lot and about now he's Mormons. Taking down so the he, tiny temple. Now he's taking down the tiny temple. Oh my temples. gosh! <laughs> and it's all ego driven by President Nelson. Oh my gosh! No, I don't really believe that. Now, as I'm walking out the door tonight, and my husband is saying what he read, and I'm like, now this one I really don't Ooh. believe. He read that Satan worshippers had gotten into the Anchorage Temple, and they were they were they were worshiping on the altars in the temple. And I'm like, no. Oh my gosh! Like, where did yeah, you? Where did I have you no read this? Idea where he read this at? Oh, this and, is. 
And so the conspiracy theories. I just said, okay, if that were true, then why is that temple going to continue to operate? Right. The church is not going to allow a defiled temple to continue to operate. Shut that down now. Just like that. (laughs) Anyway, so this will be a very interesting project to follow. And when we were talking about this in pre-show, you had a funny comment about how they destruct the old temple. I want to know how they're taking down the old temple. I want to know if they're going to implode it like a Vegas casino. Because I feel like that's the only way to go. You can't wrecking ball the temple. (laughs) Dynamite it, watch it explode, implode on. Whatever they do, I just want to know. I just want to see a video. Can someone in Alaska post this? Okay, yeah, we need some... I'm just curious. We need some peeps in Alaska who might have some intel. What temple has ever been demolished? I, I don't know. I mean, I know that there were some of the There's smaller, kinkly era temples in the South that, that they've redone, uh-huh. but they have like, they haven't moved where the t- actual physical temple is. They've just stripped the thing down right. and started over. Take down the walls. Yeah. Or, or yeah. redo the floor plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. So we, we are going to have to flag this and we're going to have to follow this Alaska temple situation yeah. because it's quite fascinating. It is interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Next article, we got a couple of food storage articles. Um, This was an article from the Deseret News, just all about the pioneer spirit that led to the welfare principles of the church. Okay. And the self-reliance principles. Um, So it just kind of gave like a bit of the history behind the welfare program and um, members have counseled to have food storage in case of job loss or mass food shortages. Obviously, for years, we've all heard that yeah. counsel. But it kind of talks about how this has roots um, way back to our pioneer heritage. To the seagulls. The seagulls. The seagulls. It begins and they, ends with the yes. seagulls. They have our, our pioneer ancestors had a lot of obviously traumatic events around surrounding their food. So starting with the seagulls, like, so after the seagulls, um, they opened a granary, kind of the first, um, granary, Emmeline B. Wells headed up that grain storage program. And the idea was to gather in extra. They just saved Mm -hmm. as much extra grain as they could to help the needy. And then of course, um, after the, during and the this Great was run by the Relief Society until yes. yes. we got correlated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Relief Society was huge in these early welfare programs. I know. Until um, the men decided, yes. women might have a little more power. They might need a little more priesthood supervision. Yes. So, and that happened around the 1930s. Yes. Great Depression. Uh, the women kind of already had a really good system going, but the church formally organized the welfare program. Um, during the Great Depression and uh, got that going for members that needed help. And I have been listening on on Sundays. I always listen to a little bit of the New Saints. Oh, okay. The newest book out. Yes. And that was a really, this third book is, for me, I think the most interesting oh. because it walks you through the war and the Great Depression and then World War II and stories of members. And they talk a lot in that oh, third edition of Saints I'm gonna have about to start, I'm, how this welfare program was started up. And they yeah. hired, like they had actual yeah. social workers yeah. oh. that were hired by the church and paid money jobs to be oh. a social worker for their welfare program. And they would go out and meet with yeah. families and assess their needs. And huh. we obviously do it different now, but that's how it, that's how it worked when they started. Anyway. It was an interesting, just an interesting article on the history of kind of our 
long heritage of storing food. And then Jana Reese, coincidentally, also released just an opinion piece this week. Because no twin sister episode <laughs> is complete without Ariane referencing a Jana Reese article. I know. Every we love you, time, Jana. Every time. Um, I just really like her. But anyway, she said... So what does Jana Reese have to say? I've not read this article. Oh, well, it was just a good article. She was just talking about how food storage has changed over the years. Um how like a lot of things in the church don't change, but food storage has just quietly kind of under the radar mm. um, changed quite a bit. It went, you know, originally from two uh, suggestions of two years food storage, then to one year food storage, then to six months. And now we're down to three months is kind of the su- standard. We can't quite get our act together. <laughs> well, she has some theories on why. Okay. Oh, why I want to hear now, her theories. Now, of course, these are all opinions of theories. Yes. Speculation, not as crazy as those Alaska <laughs> people speculating. <laughs> these seem rather plausible to me, but... Again, just theories. Uh, so one of her theories is um, that, oh, and she also mentioned how like the the verbiage around it has changed. You know, it used to be very much end of the world, prepare for yes. the last days. And now the verbiage, Preppers. yeah, now the verbiage around it is more like um, be ready in case you like there's a job loss mm-hmm. or, or self, you know, if you're able to like self-rely and support your family through any kind of trauma or whatever happens. Um, but uh, her bit of speculation is, oh, and then she notes, you know, there was a bit mm-hmm. of an uptake, uptick during COVID. Okay. Just a little bit. And then kind of settled like, and even Elder Bednar talked about it during COVID, which is rare. It's rare that we get yeah. a, any mention of it anymore, but yeah. Elder Bednar did, hit on it briefly during COVID and cracked a joke about um, Mm -hmm. how old his food storage was. (laughs) Anyway, um, she, part of her speculation is that current church leaders don't have the same generational trauma that earlier church leaders did that were really pushing the leaders of the church during the era that they were really pushing hard for food storage, especially back in like Mm -hmm. the seventies, eighties, they had lived through the great depression. depression. And also the war makes so so that's one theory is that all of our current church leaders were born after World War II. Our grandparents lived through the Great Depression, and my grandma Hales always used to say, after living through the Great Depression, "I will never have less than three hundred pounds of sugar in my house." Oh my goodness. Words of wisdom yeah. to live by. Yeah. So I'm trying to live by her words of wisdom. Oh, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, she also hit on demographics, maybe also play a role. We have smaller families yeah. now than we used to. So um, also both, it's more common mm-hmm. for both parents to work now. So if there is one job loss, the family is able to like. It's, it's not as disruptive. Right. Handle it a little bit better. Um, also she talked about the rise in social safety nets, at least here in the U S yes. and in some other countries where there are more mm-hmm. government programs to help aid, um, in a disaster or an emergency or just economic distress. And then, um, she also just hit on, you know, it's just really hard for people to store a lot of food, especially people in poverty don't have the means yeah. to store it or buy it. And then also in the world today, people move a lot. Exactly. And it's not And the bane of your existence is moving your food storage. <laughs> so it's not very practical for a young family that's, you yeah. know, moving every couple of years for yeah. jobs and all that. So anyway, those were kind of her theories on 
why maybe, just maybe there's been a bit of a shift. Well, that is very, very interesting. Yeah. I like her theories. Yeah. I think I can see it. They seem reasonable. They seem very reasonable. All right. Well, our next story is, um, it is about a murdered Microsoft executive, Jared uh, Breidigan. Now, I had never heard this story. I cannot believe I did not hear this story. I didn't so, get much coverage out here in the West. No. I had heard of it because I have a friend from Oregon that lived in Jacksonville and knew this family. Yes. And sometimes she, well, quite regularly over since it yeah. happened, she's posted about it on her Instagram. But I wasn't really paying attention. I was just, I, I just assumed, oh, she's from this town. Yeah. And then I, I clicked on one of the links one time. She yeah. actually knew this family. And so she posts about it. This is the most sad story. And it's, I can't believe it hasn't gotten more coverage. I her. know. So, so here's the deal. So Jared is an, or rather was uh, an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was married to a woman by the name of Shanna Gardner. Her na- she now goes by Shanna Gardner Fernandez. Um, allegedly, she supposedly had an affair, which resulted in the demise of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And they entered into a bitter divorce and custody battle. So she gets remarried to a gentleman um, with the last name of Fernandez. I'm trying to see if it shows me what his last name is. But... Um, And then Jared gets remarried and he has a couple of kids with his new wife. So Jared and and Shana or Shana, Shana, I think it is, Shana, are, they share these 10-year-old twins. So a year ago, like February of 2021, he drops the 10-year-old twins off at her house after visitation. He has his two-year-old in the car with him. He's driving down the road. There is a tire in the middle of the roadway. So he stops his car to get and get out and gets out to move the tire. And when he gets out to move the tire, he is shot and killed right in front of his two-year-old. So everybody always suspected that um, that uh, Shayna and her husband uh, Fernandez had something to do with this, and so just recently, as in a couple of days ago, they finally made an arrest, and they arrested this guy by the name of Henry Tinon. He is sixty-one years old. He was a tenant in a house owned by Fernandez, and he also drove a dark blue pickup truck, which was one of the suspect vehicles. Hmm. But they don't believe he acted alone, and so they are trying to connect connect him. So after this murder happened, Shanna moves to the state of Washington. Fernandez, the husband, stays in Florida. Um, the, uh, uh, Jared's new wife is just kind of devastated by all of this. And apparently after the marriage broke up, uh, while Jared remained an active member, Shanna, not so much. Mm -hmm. So, um, she denies that she ever had the affair, but she does admit she asked a tattoo, a parlor employee in 2015, if he knew anyone who would shut her ex-husband up. That's not great. But she says that was just talk. So what's really interesting are her parents are Shelly and Sterling Gardner. Um, Shelly Gardner is the founder of a very well-known paper craft company in Utah called Stamping Up. So it will be interesting to kind of see how this story evolves and develops mm-hmm. and see, uh, you know, if the, pol- who, if the police are ever, are able to find co-conspirators of Mr. Tenon, and there's not much information released as to why they suspect him. Right. But but they finally got someone after a year. Yes. And apparently, because you've got the friend that lives in Jacksonville, 
this was big coverage down in Jacksonville, yeah, Florida. Yeah, I think it was a big deal there. We just didn't hear much about it here. Yeah. And I'm surprised we I didn't know. Surprised we didn't know either. They were LDS. I should have paid more attention. I know. We, lo- so. we love a good LDS true crime story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what are we on now? Oh, Counseling, counseling and, and Relief, Relief Society. Society. Okay. You know, the church is all about a council. Yes. We like councils. We love a kid council. Well, there has been some new um, guidance that they would like us to start counseling in Relief Society. I was kind of confused when I read this article from the church news. I was like, is this during the lesson? But no, it sounds like separate from the lesson, but potentially leading into the lesson. But at the beginning of class, after you do announcements, et cetera, you are to counsel about whatever the presidency or the sisters in the room feel they need counsel. Mm -hmm. And they gave an example of like maybe a sister wants advice on how to interact with her adult children who've left the church or, Mm -hmm. or she's the only active member in her family and wants some advice and they're sharing and comfort. And um, anyway, I am in primary, so I do not go to Relief Society, but you do. So give us the update. Is this happening? Will. Has this been implemented? In my Relief Society, I can say that it has. So we had Relief Society last week, which was the first week after they had Mm -hmm. this announcement. And so what we decided to do is we had our opening announcements and then we introduced this topic. But rather than just like say, okay, sisters, here's what we're going to counsel on today. Mm -hmm. Our counsel was about what to counsel on. Mm -hmm. So we asked our sisters for topic ideas. We wrote those down. Mm -hmm. And then every week as we come, we will pick one of those to kind of talk about. You know, I kind of like the idea because it gets people talking, Mm -hmm. which kind of is, it's kind of like the opening act for the teacher. Right. You know, and then you've got people talking and thinking and interacting. Plus, maybe you help somebody else along the way. Right. The only thing is, is it does take away time from the lesson. And you have Which to, I think is okay because it's so long yeah. now. Without well, the announcements? I don't I don't know. See, it feels the so Relief long Society lesson doesn't seem that long to me. Sunday school mm-hmm. seems dreadfully long. <laughs> Um, but we do a couple of things mm. at the beginning of our Relief Society. Like we have a good news minute and mm, we announce okay. birthdays and some things like that. I, I think the tricky part for us in the presidency is going to be if you have a really good discussion going and you've got mm. the spirit going, do you just go, well, guess what? We have to chop it off right now, even right. though you all might have more to say. Uh, so that we can get to the lesson. That is kind of balancing that. I think that's going to be the that is the trickiest Especially if you have a teacher that prepared a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, So our teachers were all asking last week, how many minutes are we going to have for a lesson now? And so we said, oh, probably 35 minutes is probably about the max. Yeah. What do you tell your teachers? You might just have to say, plan on anywhere from... 20 to 40. <laughs> no, seriously. That's, that is kind of exactly what uh-huh. we were telling them. Yeah. And you know, they'll, they are, they are going to have to go with the flow and follow the spirit as well. So, okay. So I'm really curious, will elders corn be doing this also? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be a different vibe in there. But it would so be a different like, vibe I feel there. like it'd be like pulling teeth to get some like <laughs> talking. Going. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think Elders Corp is going to do this. Not that it's not a good idea for Elders Corp to be doing this, but I don't see them doing a little kumbaya. Let's solve each other's problems. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like this needs to be tried. 
<laughs> I'm we're trying gonna, to keep everything equal these days. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm going to ask my husband next time he goes to Elder okay. Scorm, what is happening in Elder Scorm? Well, that might require some 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 uh, high organizational skills on the part of your EQP. Yes. Now, in my current ward, we've got a great EQP, and he could implement this just like that. <laughs> Other times, yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> So, oh, interesting. Okay, so our next story is um, there was an interesting article in the Deseret News on some of the old school LDS films. And the article's kind of long. I'm just going to hit on a few highlights for anybody who wants to go read it. Um, Back in the 1950s, when BYU created their motion picture studio, there was um, a director-producer called Winsel O. Whitaker, and he, he lovingly went by Judge Whitaker. And he produced a whole bunch of films for, um, for uh, members of the church. And people didn't have VCRs or streaming or anything back then. So when I was a kid, the way that we saw these films is the first way I saw them is they got sent on a film, film reel. And for example, the movie Cypher in the Snow. Have you ever seen Cypher in the Snow? Believe it or not, I haven't seen that one. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you haven't seen that one. I was traumatized by Sand I Sniper. was traumatized by the pump one. That one I have yes. very vivid memories of. So here's how I first saw Cypher in the Snow. I had to have been less than 10 years old. And they had it on the film reel. Uh-huh. They brought a screen into the chapel and they showed it in the chapel. Now, this was the day before the block where you had Sunday school and primary uh-huh. in the morning, or you had Sunday school in the morning and you had sacrament meeting in the evening. And so I was a little kid, and here we are sitting as a ward watching this movie about this kid who gets off the bus and dies. <laughs> <gasps> Maybe I have seen that one. Does yeah. he get lost? No, he just, he tells the bus driver to pull over and he gets off the bus and he dies. And then they try and like recreate his obituary and discover that like okay, he had no. nobody in his life who loved him. Okay, no, I haven't seen that one. But okay. the pump one used to scare me. Yes, I where the guys in the desert dehydrated about to well, die and the pump will pump the water. Exactly. So You watched these at church? We, that is where I saw Cypher in the Snow. But then with the advent of the VCR, the church released videos of these. And because our parents limited what we could watch on Sunday, as a kid, I watched all those movies on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so this article just kind of goes through the highlights of some of those old movies that were produced in the 50s and 60s um, through BYU Motion Picture Studio. And it's just kind of a great trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. Or traumatic. Or traumatic. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, they were traumatic. And if... um, you know, and you compare that to what's being produced now and you can see we've come a long way, baby. Yeah, we have. We have. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next quick hit on is FSY News. Church News just released um, some stuff this week about how to register for FSY. I don't have a lot of insight on this because although my daughter went to FSY yes. last year, we ended up having to... they. So typically how it is supposed to work is your stake is supposed to be given like two or three weeks to choose from. So if you have a preference, you got to get on fast, get your first choice a week. So and, if your uh, kid wants to go with their best friend, yes. they have to coordinate and go, this is the week we're going to sign week up. We're going to choose okay. because they have multiple stakes going to multiple sessions. Okay. But last year, which was the first year of FSY and our stake, our sessions got canceled because the university we were going to do it at dropped us because of COVID. So they ended up having one session only for our sake 
at a university out of town okay. that we had to travel to. So we had no choices. It was, this is the week. So registration was very easy. It was get okay. on, register. But <laughs> this year it's a different story, apparently. Now, I don't have a kid going apparently. to FSY. So <laughs> I don't know. Apparently what- it's been difficult. And I know the church assumed it would be difficult because in this press release about it, they said, if there's heavy web traffic during registration, youth will be placed in a queue before being allowed to register. Uh, The waiting time on January 24th through 26th may be up to several hours. I can report it was. (laughs) What I think is funny from personal information is they think that the youth are on their registering as opposed to their parents because they're in school and they don't care. They probably don't even want to go to begin with. All I know is I had a friend in Oregon that was posting on her Instagram stories the day of registration, hours still here. And she's just like a screenshot of her screen on her computer in the queue. And um, hours later, I was like, this is like Taylor Swift tickets. Like, it begs the question, is it easier to get Taylor Swift tickets or register for FSY? Okay. She did eventually get her kids in. By the end of the day, she had posted like success. Oh, so. But did she get them in for the week that she wanted? I have no idea. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, prepare yourselves. Well, it's passed now. It's passed now because they say after the initial push, it should be a little bit Th- easier. Those who will be on up on schedule for FSY next year, prepare yourself. But here's what I thought. Lock was- out a chunk of time. <laughs> Maybe they'll have it fixed by then. Here's what I thought was really interesting in the article. Like it's an off year for your daughter. Mm-hmm. If they don't fill up all the spots and other kids want to go and it's an off year, they can sign up and go. They can. They can. I did not they see have, that. They have to wait till like April. Because oh, I they, did not read the fine ha- print. Yeah, because they have to get all the spots filled. But um, huh. yeah, so you know, you want to kick your daughter out for a week and send her to FSY. <laughs> she actually really loved it. I don't think she would mind going back, but she wouldn't want to go back unless like a bunch of her friends were going back. So true, true. So, all right. Well, shall we move on to marvelous members and mm-hmm. talk about some marvelous members? I'm going to hit some stuff really quick, and then you're going to hit some stuff. Um, We have had, in the last six months, just a whole series of natural disasters. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk about some natural disasters, and we are going to move from west to east. So um, as many of you have heard, there were torrential rains in California, caused lots of um, mudslides in California. And so, of course, the church mobilized and there were missionaries and wards that were helping people um, dig out of the muck in California. Now, one of the things I noticed about California, nobody was wearing the yellow shirts. That is the first thing I noticed from the pictures. I have a theory on that. What's your theory on that? In the South, they use those yellow shirts a lot. They do. <laughs> they got lots of yellow shirts on hand. <laughs> now, California, I do think that they're headed that direction. So I think they need to stock up on some yellow shirts because the past few years, well, they've had a lot of stuff. Didn't the yellow shirts used to have the, used to have Mormon on them, like Mormon oh, helping hands? They did. It was Mormon helping hands. It was Mormon <gasps> helping hands. And so I don't know if the yellow shirts that were used in the South for our next ones we're talking to talk about. Uh-huh. I just said helping hands. They were clearly in yellow shirts. So yeah. I don't, and I don't know, are the yellow shirts recycled? We need, to, do zoom, just we need get, to zoom in on the shirts. Or do you just get new yellow shirts each time? I'm not really clear on that. I don't that. know. One time our stake in Oregon got the yellow shirts, but it was not for a natural disaster. It was like we were doing some community, hmm. big community outreach Did program. Did you keep the yellow shirts or do you have to return them? I feel like everybody gave them back, but huh. I, could, I could be wrong. Okay. I don't know because I actually don't think I went to that. <laughs> 
True confession. But I remember seeing a big box of yellow shirts left over in the steak center afterwards. Okay. (laughs) All right. That brings us to Alabama. And there was storm damage in Alabama, in Selma, Alabama. And 600 volunteers from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints showed up in their yellow shirts to help with the storm destruction in Alabama. I'm telling you, I think the South, the Southern states are on it with this like church member mobilization. I would tend to agree. And then our final story comes from Kentucky. You may have recalled in July of this year, there was some severe flooding in Kentucky. Now, I, I realize that was July, but there was something that happened that got covered in the Deseret News. So there was a home that an older woman lived in. She ended up dying in the flooding. She was not able to get out. Members of the church showed up and the family was like, save whatever you can. So this particular volunteer, Ruth Ann Baxter, uh, ended up in this lady's sewing room and she found these tubs in there and these tubs had these quilts. And so she passed these tubs outside and everybody's like, yeah, you can't save those quilts. This is river water. It's black mold. It's gross. And she's like, I'm saving the quilts. So she went and found this recipe for what they use to clean like old Mm -hmm. quilts. And she took them to a laundromat and they ran them through like four times. And then they put them out in the sun to dry because the sun is a natural disinfected and they were able to get rid of the smell, the black mold and everything. So then they shipped these quilts to Hazard, Kentucky, where this lady's family was to a church building there. And they came and they picked up their grandmother's oh, quilts. It was so sweet. That's going to make me cry. I didn't read that one. That was yes. so sweet. So this again is why they qualify for being marvelous members. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. I love it. Okay. Give your international Well, we're, we're just going to hit on what the church is doing internationally over the past couple weeks. Deseret or Church News has released some just cool stuff. Uh, $32 million was donated to World Food Program in Kenya. Um, they are working with Mexico to reduce infant mortality and they donated equipment and they're helping train doctors down in Mexico. Um, They are working with an organization called Muslim Aid to build 2,700 greenhouses in Bosnia. Wow. So they will work with families that want to have these greenhouses on their property. They will work with them to build them and then also train them in how to use them in garden. And grow food. And then in Africa, Burundi, Africa, the first lady of this country, um, country of Burundi, which I've never heard of, mm. um, she is working on building a hospital kind of in the middle of the country where they lack services. Mm. And the church, um, she reached out, sounds like she, her foundation for this hospital reached out to the church and got hospital equipment donated, some, um, you know, general authorities area people went out and like did some coverage and press conference with her and donated equipment. So there's just always so much going on that we don't always hear about. I know that's really cool stuff. Now it's really cool. And I like that we had a mix Mm -hmm. this time of both stuff that's happening in America and some Mm -hmm. really cool international stuff that's happening. Yeah. All right. My favorite segment, Mormons behaving badly. Oh dear. Now I'm not going to introduce any new stories. I have a couple of updates. Um, First of all, Chad and Lori, the the Daybell Vallow story. Many longtime listeners know that we have been covering this from the beginning. We consider ourselves to be the official twim source for all things Chad and Lori, except no substitutes. And we are potential jurors. <laughs> we are potential jurors because we live in Ada County. Although I think we would automatically be disqualified when they hear that we've podcasted and talked about them quite a bit. 
maybe that is what I'm banking on because I do not want to be on this jury. So the trial is set to begin April 3rd. So because they have a trial in essentially two months, give or take, there is a flurry of pretrial motions that are filing and being thrown at each other fast and furious. So there were a bunch of pretrial motions that the judge ruled on this week. First of all, Chad and Lori had a request for a joint settlement and strategy session. They wanted to work together to plan their defenses and be able to talk to each other with their lawyers. The judge said, nope, not going to happen. Second thing is the prosecuting attorney requested that the jury be sequestered. Now, you and I talked about this because he filed a motion. He said, hey, I want to sequester this jury. The trial is supposed to last 10 weeks. So sequestering the jury would mean that the jury is put up in a hotel for 10 weeks. And during that 10-week time, they cannot have any access to the phone. They cannot have any access to TV. And they can have no internet access. That is pretty much my definition of hell. (laughs) I don't know very many people that could mentally handle it. Don't you just think it would just like... It would do me in. I think it would do most people I in. think I could do maybe 48 hours. But after 48 hours, I would be jonesing so hard for the internet. I know. Okay, now our mother... Yes. Growing up, I remember hearing stories. Yes. I think I was too little to remember it. I didn't but, even know if you were alive. Oh, was it maybe before I was born? I, well, this is I why, this before is why you I only born. heard stories. She was on a sequestered jury. She was. It was, it was a murder trial. And... How long? A week? Uh, it was It was only supposed to be a few days, and it ended up being somewhere between seven and ten days. So she is stuck in a hotel, and she has a roommate. She's not in a room by herself. Oh. And she ran out of clothes, because I remember my dad had to like drop off at the hotel, clean clothes for her, because the trial went on a little bit longer than Do they, they thought. Do they still put you in a room with a roommate? Well, I don't know. I would think these days they wouldn't, because, <laughs> you know. I don't like the idea of that. That would be, you know, between no phone, no TV, no internet, and a roommate, I'd be like, Oh, I'm in prison. This is not great. This is not great. <laughs> so could she talk to dad every day on I the phone? I think she was able to as long call as they him. Didn't talk about it. But it was like, she only had like two or three minutes to say, yeah, hey, alive, oh. good. How are the kids? You know, sort of a thing. So um, the defense attorneys argued against this motion to sequester. And the judge said, nope, we're not doing sequestering. So, uh, and, and uh, basically the defense attorneys said, you know, hey, if you're really going to limit our jury pool, if you sequester, because who are you going to get retirees, nobody with a business, nobody with a job. They're not wrong about that. I mean, not that you're going to be able to run your business or do your job if you're on this jury trial um, for 10 weeks, but um, at least you can see your family, you can take Mm -hmm. care of business, you can grocery shop, do your laundry, all of that. So at least Mm -hmm. the jurors will not be sequestered. Um, The next thing they wanted is Chad's attorney wanted to, um, continue the trial. And the judge said, no, we're not continuing the trial. She has not waived her right to speedy trial. So we are moving forward. Um, and that was over some DNA evidence that may or may not materialize. If it materializes, the judge said, I'll reconsider that if it materializes. Mm-hmm. Lori's um, attorney filed a motion saying, hey, take the death penalty off the table. The judge said, um, I'm going to take those motions under advisement and I'll get back to you on that. Hmm. So he is still yet to decide on that, but I'm pretty sure he's going to leave the death penalty on the table. But alas, there were yet new motions filed. So Lori has filed a motion to dismiss based on speedy trial. That is to have a hearing on the 9th of February. She's saying her trial wasn't fast enough. Saying she's being denied her right to speedy trial. Mm -hmm. And because she's being denied a right to speedy trial, which is a constitutional guarantee, the judge should dismiss her case. 
Well, the case law in Idaho, and I went and looked this up tonight mm-hmm. because I had a friend who sent me a, a message on Facebook going, what is, what do you, what's your take on this? In Idaho, you have to have your trial within 180 days of arraignment, unless there's good cause to go beyond the 180 days. So Judge Boyle in this case is, or Boyce in this case, is going to find good cause. He's going to say, hey, look, mm-hmm. you know, we had this and this and this and this. And then they will file an appeal and it will go up on appeal. And then either the Supreme Court or the Court of Appeals here in Idaho will determine if, if, uh, if there was good cause for it to go beyond the 180 days. Cause Judge Boyce will have to issue a written decision saying, yeah, it's, she's not being denied a right. There's good cause to go beyond the 180 days. Here's all the reasons. They'll take that up on appeal. And then the reviewing court, which will likely be the Supreme Court, will then decide if Judge Boyce abused his discretion and if her, um, if she, I'm assuming she gets, if she gets convicted, they would want the conviction overturned okay. on the grounds. So this won't delay the trial. No, this They'll won't go ahead delay and the delay. Trial. This will just be after the trial. Exactly. It's an appealable Stuff issue that'll, work that'll go up okay. if she gets convicted. And then the final motion that was filed, which I'm all like, rah, 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 I want this one. The victim's families, so the, the grandparents of the two children, mm-hmm. as well as um, Tammy Daybill's family, mm-hmm. um, want cameras in the courtroom. So the judge has banned the use of cameras in the courtroom. He doesn't want the media circus associated with that. The families have said, hey, we live out of town. We can't go to Boise for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to follow this trial. Without cameras in the courtroom, we can't follow the trial. So judge, please reconsider that. Interesting. I want cameras in the courtroom because I want to follow this trial. I so can- here's my question. By cameras, like multiple news out, don't they just have one? Yeah. What they would do is the judge would have one camera in there and then all of the news outlets, it would, it's called what's called pool footage. Right. And the news outlets would have to share that. Okay. But they can't actually be in the room, the reporters. Well, no, the the reporters, there will be a section for press. Okay. And chances are, I don't know how the judge will decide who gets press passes. Mm -hmm. If there will be two or three reporters that get press passes every day, and then there are other reporters that have to get into a lottery system for press passes, or if they'll do a lottery system for press passes... I, I, I don't, it's kind of going to be a media circus. No, it's going to be a media circus right? no matter what. If they're I don't, in the courtroom or just yeah, I don't know how he's going to do the reporters, but there mm-hmm. will be reporters in there who can write stories. Right, they will have a sketch artist in there who can, you know, mm-hmm. a courtroom sketch artist who can sketch. But as of now, they are not allowing any still photography, mm-hmm. and they are not allowing any cameras. Mm-hmm. So. Um, We'll see if the judge reconsiders that decision. Um, like I said, I, mm. I'm hoping he does because I, I can't go sit at the courthouse for 10 weeks, but I sure would like to have the trial on in the background while I'm working. Well, and I can totally see how their families would want. Exactly. Want to see exactly, exactly. what's happening. Yeah. So, all right. And then one last update. My Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Ammon Bundy. (laughs) I think last time we podcasted, I talked about how he was facing a trespassing charge. Mm -hmm. This was his third trespassing charge. It stemmed from an incident at St. Luke's Hospital when he believed uh, CPS was overstepping their bounds in taking this baby. He was set to go to trial on the 23rd of January. That day, at least sometime around that day, he came in and he pled guilty to it, which I was completely blown away because I never thought he'd plead guilty. And he received 90 days in jail with 78 suspended. He got credit for 12 served. He's on probation for a year unsupervised. 
And the civil lawsuit by St. Luke's against him is still proceeding because of his coordinated campaign of harassment and intimidation. That's set to go to trial in July. So Can we get like a three strikes you're outlaw here for him? <laughs> well, <laughs> he was charged with the trespassing a third or subsequent offense. Mm-hmm. As part of pleading guilty, they reduced it down to a first offense. Mm-hmm. So I think a third offense probably has some enhanced penalties. Also, uh, no community service for him. No com- well, we uh, know how effective that was. I the know first time he around. tried to let say his campaign was community yes. service, but I would really like to see him on the side of the road picking up some trash. I would like to see that. I too, think it would I be just don't think very good happen. for his soul. Well, and what's really interesting is he pled guilty to this, and mm-hmm. he lost his race for governor. And so I just wonder how much of this of his pleading not guilty in his original mm-hmm. trials was just to generate media publicity mm-hmm. to generate interest right. in him for his campaign for governor. And now he lost and he is, doesn't, you know, per se need that media That's attention. True. All press is good press. All right? press is good press. <laughs> so anyway, okay. there you go. Well, our right. favorite Idahoans in Mormons behaving badly. Always the Idahoans. Okay, should we move on to favorite things? Yes, let's do. Okay, my favorite thing that I'm going to share this month okay. is something that I just discovered this month and has brought me so much joy in the month of January. Although when I told my kids about it, they were like, duh, mom, that's been around forever. So just ignore if you've known about this for a decade and I'm the last one to know. But you okay. said you didn't know. No. This is an Instagram account, although okay. I believe it started as a YouTube channel, which is how my kids know about it. Well, let's get on the Insta right now. I'm going to look it up. It is called bad lip reading. (laughs) Bad lip reading. They make the most amazing videos where they dub in audio for videos. Like uh, that. how I first saw it was people were posting about um, the speaker nominations. Oh. And you know, when McCarthy got- McCarthy. You know, he got in a scuffle with the- the other people, yes, with his own, within his own yes. party, they dubbed in like what they were saying, and I about died laughing. It was okay. so hysterical. Oh, I'm gonna have to. And watch then they this also tonight. have done several, uh, like a couple with the New York senator that okay. lied. Was he senator or house rep? He was a house rep, I believe. The one that lied. Yeah. Um, they've done some with him, just from C-SPAN footage. They just oh. take the C-SPAN footage and they dumb in like ridiculous things that they're saying oh. and they sink it so good to their lips. Oh my gosh. I am so going to have to go watch this. My other favorite one that you are going to love is they did Megan and Harry's wedding <gasps> a few years ago oh. and they dubbed in, because you know at the altar uh-huh. they were like whispering yeah. to each other. They dubbed in like oh what gosh, they- I'm so going to have to watch this tonight <laughs> is- when I'm going to bed. It is my new favorite thing. It has brought me so much joy. So they've been on YouTube, I guess, for a long time and they have Lots of okay, like they have Star Wars and Stranger Things, all kinds of movies that they've done. Um, but I think they're a kind of newer to Instagram. Okay, and you know, I live Instagram is my yes. world. YouTube is not my world. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, YouTube's too much. So I found them on Instagram, and they are my new favorite Instagram okay. account. They're amazing. All right. <laughs> Well, I brought a visual aid because I always like to bring a visual aid for those of us who are watching us on YouTube. It is this flavoring. So this flavoring is called cake batter and it's McCormick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to open it so you can smell it because you would think, it does, isn't cake batter just going to smell like vanilla? No. This is a cake batter. Mm. 
Like does it, it smells like actual it does smell like cake vanilla cake batter. So what do you use it for? Okay, this is where I heard about it. There is a food blogger that I follow. It's called mm-hmm. Cooking with Carly. And she has a lot of recipes, but what she's really well known for is she has all sorts of imitations for crumble cookies. Oh. She has, I don't know how many recipes she has. Every time Crumble comes out with a new cookie, she better watch out. They're going to sue her. I know. (laughs) She creates an imitation recipe. So I printed off some of her recipes because, you know, I love a good cookie. And they called for cake batter flavoring. Uh And so I was like, okay, where do I find this? I found this at my local Walmart. I could not find it at Albertsons. I could not find it at Winco. But I found it at Walmart. So for those of you who want cake batter flavoring, and I made some cookies that had it, and it was so good. And, and they it, taste like crumble? Well, I thought they did. Ooh. I mean, I thought they tasted really good. I, mm. You know, the first time I always make a cookie recipe, it's a little eh, and because mm. I learn what works and what doesn't. And so this cookie recipe that I made, I was like, okay, next time I make it, I'm going to tweak it. And then I do my tweaks, and then it will definitely taste like crumble. So... I will have to make something with the cake batter flavoring. In fact, you know what? I am fixing to make sugar cookies for Valentine's Day. What if I put cake batter flavoring in my sugar cookies? That could be delicious. It could be really delicious. (laughs) I do have to warn you, it is covered. It's yellow. It's not like a clear flavoring, like, you know, like almond flavoring or something like that. And I got a little bit of it on my finger and it totally stains. But then my fingers smell like cake batter. (laughs) So that was kind of good. (laughs) There's always an upside. (laughs) There's always an upside. (laughs) So on that sweet note... <laughs> Maybe All we right. gotta wrap this uh yes. wrap this puppy up. Yes, let's do. This has been fun. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, Twim Nation, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And as always, if you have any questions or comments or just want to complain about us, please let Kurt know, <laughs> not Jeff, at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can find us on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, all forms of social media. And if you want to be a true believer, do a Patreon subscription. Three bucks a month to help Kurt keep the keep the lights on and the computers running. All right. Thanks. Thanks. See you next time. <laughs>